Well, welcome back to the Saturday School Podcast, a show for educational leaders and really anyone and everyone trying to do great things in education. After taking a little break, Cindy and I are gearing up to get back to school as our fellow colleagues are as well. And in this episode, we are talking about space. No, not outer space, but the spaces that we have in our classrooms to create and foster educational experiences at school. Great. It is wonderful to be back. I love that we are reconnecting with our nerding out on education time, and it's going to be great to see everybody back in education soon. I'm so excited to be here. When I first broached this topic with you, um, you kind of looked at me like, oh, tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. And I think it was because at my school, everyone or nearly everyone is changing rooms this year. We're kind of changing up our campus. The spaces that we have at school are really important. And as we're getting ready to come back, um, we're thinking about, you know, what is needed, what isn't needed, what can we edit out, what can we add to, what can we do to create a really great space for kids. And so it got me thinking about how I would set up my classroom now. My uh, first question for you, I just wanted to start it out with is when you were in the classroom, what was unique to your space or what did you want to make sure that your classroom space had? Sure. I know for me in setting up my classroom and now still in setting up my office, I love making sure that when people come in, it smells good. I just find that really important for, first of all, so that when people, when people are there, they like that and they don't get distracted by a bad smell. And second of all, I'm in that space a lot. I think, especially for teachers in their classroom all day long, it's really important that you feel good in it. So whatever that smell is that you feel good in. And the other thing real quick is, is student work in the classroom. I love having student work up and I was in the high school. So sometimes people think of that at the elementary more than the high school, but I think it's just important for students to get to see what they've their products up on the walls around the classrooms, or sometimes I would, depending on the school I was in, I would do it outside my classroom as well. And I loved showing off student products that way. I'm going to be referencing a book today about, it's called The Space, A Guide for Educators, and it's by Rebecca Louise Hare and Dr. Robert Dillon. Mm-hmm. And there were numerous articles and uh, resources online that reference this book. It's a really short book, but it had some really good points in there. But one thing that I read in there when you were talking about showcasing learning, they talked about display versus showcasing. And so I thought that was a really interesting concept, especially at the secondary level and really even at the elementary level, but displaying where like you have a finished project and it's like museum-like versus a showcase where you kind of show like the process of their work or kind of making it more interactive. And our art teacher this last year, it made me think about her. She had QR codes on the art pieces where it had music that was like attached to or that like inspired their artwork. So I just thought that was a really cool idea. What a great way to use technology to make it to allow people to see even more of it. That's Mm -hmm. so smart. And I was even thinking as a former English teacher, you know, that process part of it, the rough draft part and the, you Mm -hmm. know, pre-writing and having someone look it over and editing it and until Mm -hmm. it gets to like this final piece. And I had never thought about that, that process part of it, but to showcase that really also emphasizes the growth mindset that we want everybody to have. It's, you know, the journey as well. 
Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then the other thing that you said about the smells that book also talked about just like all of the senses that we have. So kind of going back to that music thing, I know a teacher, he would play music all the time. It was a very chill music and it was just like his personality, but you, it was definitely something, you know, that was unique to his space. I mean, smells and sounds and mm-hmm. the tactile things that you might have in your room that um, absolutely kind of gravitate towards not only just the things that you see in the room, but something to consider all the right senses. So that was a big part about the topic tonight that I wanted to make sure um, we talked about that it's not about the stuff. And sometimes that less is more. And when you're thinking about kids trying to process information, um, I know we'd like to have a lot of stuff in our rooms. And I'm probably guilty of having a lot of things, you know, up in my office too, but really trying to find places where we can amplify learning. And that's what, I mean, the cover of the book even says, it's not about decorating learning spaces. It's about designing them to amplify learning. Mm -hmm. And so then they went into, um, you know, how can kids create, how can they communicate Um, How can they collaborate? How can they use technology? If we can find ways for kids to have some movement or even spaces that they could be quiet and kind of thinking about the information that they're learning about, I think all of those things have a time and a place and we have to try to make places for those in our classrooms. That makes me think of some teachers who have the corner of their classroom where maybe there's a low light lamp and a chair that they can sit and read in or sit and work in. And mm-hmm. it's just a little quieter and a little calmer. We think about all of the, you know, every place people are right now, it's loud and it's fast and students' lives are loud and they're fast. And mm-hmm. so when you can find them that corner where it's quiet, they can probably, you, you mentioned creativity. Mm-hmm. They can maybe have a little more time for creativity. And then I also think about how some of our teachers, you know, some teachers don't have room to put a right. space in their actual classroom. But then if we can find ways to utilize alternative spaces. So a lot of times I'll see um, teachers using the hallways where kids can mm-hmm. go out in the hallways and work on some things, or sometimes they'll check out the media center and then they can spread out and kind of find their little niche and and I like just to dwell on that one a minute. I like that point about taking your class outside, Jolie, and you've done it yourself and seen lots of classes do it. But what are some examples of things you would do with students outside that might just work better or give them an opportunity to be outside? Well, in my content area, I mean, just going outside to read. Mm-hmm. It's easy just to find a spot and read or even just a discussion circle kind of thing. Um, we actually have our, you know, our foreign language teachers will sometimes go out and they'll do like chalk human body and then they're learning the body parts oh. and they'll like label the parts and on the body and it's just different ways to utilize the space I think that's great absolutely and I think when we when I hear something like that I think of going beyond the space uh, what else that taps into is student engagement and a lot of times when you just get students up and moving and doing something in a different place they're a little more engaged it just mixes things up a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah so that was the one thing that I was thinking about a lot was the movement piece right or wrong you know different people like to have their room set up in different ways but this kind of controversial but like the rows versus cluster Mm -hmm. grouping versus non-traditional seating or that kind of thing any way you do it I think it is important for them to be able to move around your classroom and to get some movement for them to even just pull 
dust together or apart. I know sometimes having like a free space can be kind of scary for teachers, but I think if you have kind of established routines and procedures of things or directions for them, then that helps that go a lot more smoothly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great, great idea to provide the structure. So if you're taking away the structure of of seating in a certain way at a certain spot for everybody, you're providing structure in a different way so that they're, they're not looking for ways to be off task. Instead, here you go. This is what you're doing. Stay on task. I like that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your class that Mm -hmm. you're taking this summer? Yes. uh, Something fun when Jolie and I were discussing this, I know something that it just, I just kept going back to it was creating a safe space that's inclusive as well. I just got finished up taking a class through Iowa Safe Schools that I would would recommend to anybody in the class that I took was supporting transgender youth. I really felt like it opened my eyes to a lot of, of different aspects of what youth are going through and what children are facing. But I really looked at it as not only trans youth, also kids in general. I mean, anybody that's that's in the minority, whether, whether it's race or culture, it, it just made me think a lot about how does, putting these two ideas together, how does our space support these kids? Because as, as educators, we know we can make or break every student's day, right? Mm-hmm. And the space that they walk into, just like we talk about making sure, like I said, it was important to me making, to make sure my classroom smelled good or my students got to see their work on the wall. It's making sure that every student feels a sense of belonging. We want that because we care about our students. And so we want to make sure that when we talk with students, we we are respectful in our words. We make sure we're being careful about what we're saying so that we're not saying anything negative or that might be a negative connotation towards any group. And as adults who need to be the role models for students, it's really important just to show that we're welcoming and we're, we're happy to have every single student there. Think of this not just as how to treat one group well, but how to make sure all students are treating each other well. And as adults, we've really got to look out for that and make sure that our students are using using positive language towards each other. And if they're not, don't be afraid to pull them aside and say something because that means something to everybody in the classroom. It shows and sets that tone for what we expect and the level of respect we want everybody to have for each other. So that if you pulled them inside and hey, said, hey, this is not a, a space where we treat other people people less than, or like they don't belong. That's really important to me. Well, you're showing them that you would do that for them too. And you can tell them that, you know, I would do that for you, for you too. So I think when I, when I think about space right now, I also think about how our schools must be a safe environment for kids. We know that our general climate has been, you know, because of politics, because of the stress of COVID, because of a lot going on this past year, um, obviously the, you know, the the really important race issue uh, that has, has been brought up and is at the forefront of the media and everybody's minds. All of those things mean there's a lot of division. And I know, I feel like a lot of times in education, we at least have the opportunity to model for kids how to handle that. And if we do it in a way that, hey, you all belong, I'm taking care of you, we're taking care of each other, then our space can be about being inclusive and belonging. Again, that class I took was through Iowa Safe Schools. And I just would encourage anybody, whether it's through them or through anybody else, if you can get a chance to do some learning on a group that you're not as familiar with or a minority 
that you know is in your school and you want to help or support, it's a great way to do some learning and be supportive of, of our kids. I love that, that you said just, well, one, a simple phrase of this is not how we treat each other. We don't treat each other as less than, or just simple things like that, I think are helpful for teachers. That's some learning I know that we're going to be doing this year. Oh, cool. Diversity and inclusion, I think. But when I also think about our educational pedagogy of high levels of learning for all kids, and it's like safe space and a good space for all kids so that you can get to those high levels of learning for all kids. You have to have that safe space for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to be included in order right. to engage in what you want to learn. Absolutely. And I love that point. Every In order to get students to those high levels of learning, we have to first make sure they feel safe. I, I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. Right. And we know that that second level, you know, that second level up is safety and belonging. I think, I think it's at least safety. And like, if you don't, if you don't get there, if you don't have that, you're definitely not going to get to be creative, right? Right. You're not going to get to explore new ideas. Those are further up the triangle. So you've got to have that safety first. And then I think belonging actually might be above that, but you've got to have those things before mm-hmm. you're going to get to the high levels of learning. And that's where the excitement happens is and really up above. What you are just talking about is kind of tied in together, right? Safety and belonging. Yes. Those mm-hmm. kids belong in your classroom and belong in that class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, and I think really we're in an exciting time right now. I know it's really difficult. We have a lot of difficult issues that our kids are facing and that we're facing and trying to navigate as educators. And instead we're saying, okay, this, this is a reality that we need to change. And school is where it can happen. I'm a big believer in, in schools and education are where we can get better. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was going to share with you was our teachers have been doing a really good job of promoting other cultures and other um, ethnicities in the work that they're doing, whether it's science or literature or social studies, they really are highlighting those contributions to the subject area. So I love that part of it. Great to hear. That's really exciting. Are we ready to wrap it up? Yep. I hate to say that, but I think we better. (laughs) (laughs) We always promise a short one, so we better do it. But man, we could go on and on, huh? Yes. And we will leave um, good resources in our show notes for everyone. Thanks for being with us in Saturday for another session of Saturday school. We love talking to each other and love sharing our ideas and thoughts with you as always take away one good nugget that will help you create a space to foster educational experiences in school.